The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Hey, this is Danny Heifetz. Real quick before you start the show, I just want to say at the end of the show, we had a revelation about LMFAO, the band. And so if you want to get to the revelation, stick around for the end of the episode. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Corbett. And today it is Power Hour. Every Wednesday during the season, we are power ranking something. And today we are power ranking the fantasy football MVPs of the 2023 season. So far. So far. Yeah, it's, well, it's like at the NFL, they do the MVPs at the end of the regular season and we're about their fantasy. So it's like, I don't know, it's like two thirds of the way. I don't know, the, yeah. who would the MVP be so far? It's like important to capture this moment in time. Yeah, because right. there's still time. Have you guys seen the Simpsons movie? Do you remember that joke when Bart is like, man, this is the worst day of my life. And then and then Homer's like, worst day of your life so far. Because so <laughs> things can change, you know? Last year, what? Cam Akers, Rashad Penny finished the year super strong. That's what it's been with me being a Giants fan. I thought Eli Manning getting benched was the worst day of my life. And like, that was like the best thing that's happened in seven years. Basically. It can always get worse, Heifetz. Don't worry. Especially with the Giants. So we're going to go through uh, with the fantasy MVPs. But first, we have a little bit of news here. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor has the thumb injury. Colts running back. It, look, for waiver purposes, it's Wednesday. You're seeing this. Zach Moss has probably already been added. Go check just in case Zach Moss is there. But Zach Moss is probably either already rostered or been taken by now. Hopefully you went out and got him. It's happened after we put our waiver show up. Or hopefully you held on to him like I did. I, even when Jonathan Taylor came back, he's been stashed on my on my roster for weeks. Glorious so, day over here at, at the Horlbeck camp. How can I make money off of this injury? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when it's a thumb, it's a thumb. I don't feel bad. I, Okay, I was going to say, while we're here, I mean, you're just being, <laughs> a, we're being honest. So Jim Irsay, who's the owner of the Colts, told The Athletic that Jonathan Taylor is getting surgery tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. So if you're listening. So why is he telling today? people this? Why is it he just does coach? that? I don't know. It's like every he likes to team, be. He likes to be in the news, I think. I don't yeah. think he's got anything else going on. Like, you know, his, his dad just. His whale died. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's literally his little pet project was a killer whale pet. That was his other thing. I, he's got nothing happening, you know? Yeah. So he's just out here explaining the Jonathan Taylor injury news. And he's like, yeah, two, three weeks, but they're going to go and do the surgery. We'll see. Maybe put him on injury reserve after that. So there were three things I thought after this, and I'm not like intrusive thoughts. I'm not saying this is good. It's just not saying it's right. It's just what happened, which my thoughts were that sucks for people with Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. Amazing for people like Craig who held on to Zach Moss and also thumb. Really? It's really going to keep you out. Take that thing up. Players have done that in the past. I mean, D. Lyman played with club hands. Yeah. <laughs> Just carry it in the other you hand. You have to grip the football. You would get stripped easier, I would imagine. I guess like yeah. any other finger, but it's, you know, the thumb is to hold stuff. And so, and you have to hold it in both. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I get why you can't hold the football at a thumb, but I have to admit, it's kind of like the hand version of turf toe. 
Well, even the photo that Ian Rappaport tweeted of Jonathan Taylor, like stretching his arm to score a touchdown, if his thumb didn't work, he would have fumbled that ball in that photo. So I do get it. Yeah. This this thumb thing reminds me of how every year it seems like injuries are a little bit contagious with very specific things. Like this year, it's the thumb. Last year or the year before, it was the mallet finger. Because <laughs> um, we got this year Justin it's the Fields, Achilles. Matt Stafford. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Achilles with old quarterbacks. Uh, but we have uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, and then who else, who else had the thumb injury? Justin Fields and now Zach Moss. I feel like there's others, but it's weird how like these injuries seem to like be very contagious. Yeah, mallet finger, like the trench foot, you know, it had the name to it. Like this, this one, we'll see if we get some kind of like catchy thing for the thumb. But yeah, Zach Moss, we're talking about MVPs later in the show. And are we just going to remember this season, DK, going back? It's like, yep, yeah, if you had Zach Moss, you won. Uh, honestly, like he's, he's, I was workshopping a take and I never went public with it. And I'm not, and I'm walking it back now, but like, is Zach Moss just better than Jonathan Taylor? Zach Moss is good. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Let's I mean, do better when he worse. started playing, he literally the best five, like the best five games of Zach Moss's career are literally the five games he played instead of or with Jonathan Taylor to start the yeah. year. Like he, the only players, even when the, if you count when Jonathan Taylor is out, but also when Jonathan Taylor came back, the two games he was, they shared touches. Zach Moss, the only players that were fantasy points in that stretch were Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, and Devon H. Chan. Those are, that's yeah. literally it. It's funny. We always do this. There's always the backup that outperforms the starter, right? It's like, so it's like th- this year it's, it's yeah. uh, Zach Moss, like, but th- this is what happened with Alexander Madison last year, Tony Pollard. And then, ma- so it's like, maybe if next year Zach Moss gets a contract on like the Cardinals is, and is the main guy, he would stink. But, but in the backup role, he's amazing. You could also argue it's the exact opposite in that the running backs are exactly what we've always said, which is they're in real life, mostly completely interchangeable minus here or there. Right. And it's not a coincidence. Zach Moss did nothing on the bills. The Bills flipped him for Naheem Hines, who's like a pass-catching running back that they desperately wanted. No one on the Bills can run still. They Like James Cook, like none of these guys are making huge impact as a runner. And then any running back the Colts plug in works. It's like at some point, maybe it's the freaking teams in the schemes. Yeah, there might be something there. I do think Moss is good, though. He's like pretty, uh, he, he's really good in the passing game. He breaks a lot of tackles. He's hard to break down. He's reliable. Were you going to say um, athletic did. and then realize that it might berate you if I said that? No, I think, uh, if anything, he's slow. That was like one of the <laughs> issues that he had coming out of, out of slow uh, 40 time, I think. Utah. Yeah. Could, but like, could, Jake, could you have outrun him back in your day? Oh, easily. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, this, this guy, he, he would truck me, but he's slow. Uh, this is the best new bit, by the way. Every fantasy football content, football in general, but especially fantasy, they're like, oh, we're not as good athletes as these guys. And we're like, actually, we're faster than like half these dudes. <laughs> actually, re- slow is relative. I think he ran like a five or a four, five four, six, five. Like like, You're right on his like, heels. That's really solid. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I've liked him ever since he was in college. I think the big thing was he didn't run a very fast 40 time. And he had some injuries, but the guy is good. He's a good player and they're going to utilize him a lot. That's like why he was so valuable in fantasy early in the season. He was getting like 80, 90% of everything in their backfield. And, you know, with uh, Jonathan Taylor potentially out for up to, you know, two, three, four, maybe even longer uh, weeks. This is, this is huge down the stretch for fantasy. So uh, it's good for me, Craig, too, because I have him on like almost every one of my teams because he was basically free in the off season. So you just stash him and good things happen. We're going to power rank MVP candidates. DK and Craig sent me their MVP fantasy MVP candidates. I asked them to kind of tier the guy's, for their purposes. I then have ranked them. This is my list. I just took their thoughts into account, but I have completely made the list. So anything uh, you want to complain about directed at me, having said that it's a perfect list. So there's nothing to complain about. We're going to do this. We'll see. And we're also going to count down. We usually count one that we're going to go count down. So we're going to do the MVP last. Uh, we're going to do this power hour style. If you're not familiar with power hour, it's very simple. After two minutes, you're going to hear this sound. great song love that song people demanded tom tom back kai was kind of you know he he was messing around <laughs> he was cavalier it. with the all the sound effects for a little while there exactly but a little you know big what? for his it. britches kai <laughs> all right so without further ado we're gonna power rank the mvps of the fantasy season in reverse order but first i wanted the honorable mentions here mm. so first up Last up, I don't know. But the honorable mentions for the MVP. So get people didn't quite crack the top 10 here. All the waiver wire MVPs, like especially specifically the Rams and Texans guys who added off the waiver wire. That's Kyron Williams for the Rams, the running back. That's Puka Nakua, receiver for the Rams. That's Tank Dell, the receiver for the, for the Texans. And CJ Stroud, the quarterback for the Texans. If real life offensive rookie of the year, I think 
CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, and Puka Nakua are like one, two, three. Kyron mm-hmm. Williams has been a revelation, but Craig's looking at me like I'm a crazy person for not having these guys top 10. Tank Dell not being on the actual power ranking list is ridiculous. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And here's like, it's very simple why. He has been great for a month, but that's all he's played for you. And what I'm, I am like, these guys have all been fantastic. I'm not going to argue that. What I'm saying is if a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? And if Tank Dell is like 146 yards and two touchdowns and 99% of people didn't play him, did he help anybody? My answer for this exercise is no. Okay, I kind of get that. But like, people have probably been playing him since week four or five. He's the wide receiver 10 on the year. So I'm glad you asked this. He's the 10th wide receiver in fantasy. He was drafted 228th overall. He's the second guy drafted named Tank in the NFL. And he's a top 10 <laughs> receiver in football he, he's yeah. one of the most important receivers in fantasy yes now and i i taught craig everything you just said is how i went through this in my first draft and then i dug in and i what's on yahoo you can actually click back over the weeks and you can see the percentage of people who started each player mm-hmm. tank dell wasn't actually started in more than half the leagues until like four weeks ago and that to me I is know. like a big deal because like yeah. he really was like floating under like 20% of leagues, 25. And at that point, like, and again, but does that make incredible. him less valuable? I mean, or does that make him more valuable? Like, I don't care who's, who, how many people are starting him. The, the, the prompt is how valuable is a player if they're on your team and if you're playing them. All right. This is a whole other thing. So we can argue about value forever. Cause it's like in, in real life, you're like, Oh, most valuable. What does that mean? And then you get pigeonholed. And in fact, like, look, Puka Nakua, I get him being an honorable mention because the bet his best four weeks were the first four weeks of the season when you probably only, you probably added him, then waited a week, then finally started him. And then he kind of started to drop off. So his best weeks are the first four weeks. Tank's best four weeks are the, are the most recent four weeks of the season. He's got five touchdowns in the last four weeks. I'm very passionate about Tank Dell being on. This I game. feel that yes. it's Jeez. simpler to have the car- to start with Devon A. Chan, who I didn't even fourteen put on the list. kickers were taken ahead of Tank Dell. <laughs> That's fair, but here's what I'm saying: A. Chan's a, a simpler example. Devon A. Chan, he had doesn't know. 40- he played two games. That's my point. He had 49 points in in week three. 95 percent of people did not start Devon A. Chan in week three. Uh, so what you got actually out of Devon A. Chan once you added him are w- once he started being played in like half leagues. Three games. He had two games through the 20s. That was great. 20-something points two weeks in a row. And you probably played him this week. He had one point. Okay, that's not a fantasy MVP, right? And I will say, as we went through, I went to the Ringer League, which is on Yahoo. DK was one of the few people who played Tank Dell when there was like 6% of people played Tank Dell. And he had a nice. great Hell yeah. DK was in the group. Hell yeah. You're the MVP, DK. Which is kind I was, of funny. I was an early adopter of Tank Dell. I have him on a couple of teams. It's By just the way, cra- my team, my rear team is good. I'm in like second place. So The so, nine yeah. guys ahead of Tank Dell are all going to make the Hall of Fame. He's a rookie, weighs 155 pounds. He's incredible. He didn't do anything. But listen, he had five points in week one. No one played him. Week two, the only person on earth who played Tank Dell was basically, or DK didn't even week two. Only person on <laughs> earth who played uh, uh, Tank Dell in week three was DK. No one played mm-hmm. Tank Dell in the first three weeks of the season. So then he had three points, seven points, zero didn't play. Then he went on bye. Those are the first seven points. He didn't do anything for anyone in the first seven weeks of the season. Comes back off bye as five points, right? Then he has 27. After week nine, everyone has been playing him. He's at 16, 25, 15. So I'm saying Tank Dell's incredible. Having said that, he's basically delivered you three to four games total. I think I, I'm I like, think he gave me the MVP. With, I think I side with Typhus here. I think he's been a great pickup, but not an MVP. And to be clear, that doesn't mean going forward he couldn't be eventually a league-winning player. Like, I'm not ruling that out. I'm saying at this point, we're we're almost 13 weeks in here. He's probably played for you three times. I think that's crazy talk. For half the year, he's been, like, the best player on your team. (laughs) If anything, I think there's a stronger argument for Kyron Williams because Kyron, when he was out... I think he'd be on this list, too. You can argue... He's a stronger argument for Kyron. He's the same logic with Kyron Williams just because he was out for so long. But at least that, you're like, well, when he's played for you... He's been incredible. And when he didn't, like he was hurt. So you had a replacement. So if that so I actually not think to is play better. Him. Right. He's the second yeah. best running back in fantasy at a points per game basis. Points per game. 20 so points a game. He's, well, he's want, the RB 10 overall. And he's only played well, seven to, games. If we were going forward, I, first of all, I would actually, I was thinking about this. I don't know if there's ever been a, a crazier ratio of a, of league winning potential entering the fantasy playoffs versus fame. Than Kyron Williams. I don't. Do you guys know what Kyron Williams like looks like? You saw him his face. Like if you saw him in Seven <laughs> Eleven, would you know? What Ky- I would Notre never Dame recognize fans Kyron do, Williams. And that's about it. Yeah. I, I, like I don't know if he's one of the twenty most famous people on the Los Angeles Rams. 
He's like he's basically pro- he's off. He's off-brand Todd Gurley when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, like, yeah, no one knows what he looks like. No one really knows about him, but he's putting in the same kind of volume and, and scoring the same type of points. It's pretty. He's incredible. Christian McCaffrey in the, like in the sheets, but on the streets, he's not one of the most one thousand recognizable faces in the league. Another guy that was just kind of slow, and that's why he fell. He's 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 small and slow, and there he, therefore he's not good. Kyron, you can argue, but with this whole MVP thing, I lean toward people who have, you know, I was like, you need to have played, you know, five games. That seems important for an MVP. That's all. Heifetz really put in a lot of thought, I think, is is the bottom line here. He he definitely, you know, did his homework. I, I respect that, even though I th- I think Kyron Williams deserved to be on this list, but that's okay. That's fair. I agree. He, he might be the, the, the single most important player in fantasy for the next five weeks. I think that's fair. Going forward, uh, look, there's a chance we look back at this year in fantasy football and think, yeah, that was all cool. A couple of things mattered. Also, if you had Zach Moss or Kyron Williams in the beginning and end of the year, that was all that mattered. Like, that's totally possible. Yeah. But we're going to do the thing where everyone's like, Pro Bowl or all pro rosters, this guy should have been in. You got to pull someone off the list. NBA, this person should have been all-star. So you guys are going to have to pull someone off the MVP list. You can't just add someone to a top 10. That's an 11. I'm going to so pull number 10 off. Yes. Well, see I if you do, I'm happy to pull rankings. a few. Um, the, uh, Kai, well, I didn't expect the honorable mentions to need a clock, but Kai, still honorable mentions here. I don't know how to rank 13, 12, 11. I don't know if you guys wanted top 13 or whatever, but the other sure. honorable mention is because I wasn't sure, but I just, I lumped them all together. I just have like all the tier two receivers from the preseason. Uh, AJ Brown for the Eagles, Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions, CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys. These were like the back end of the first round, early second round receivers. They all have delivered and more on top of what we wanted them to be. They all have set a very weird record of some kind that right. very specific, like too specific enough that like AJ Brown has the six games in a row for 125 yards, which had never been done. CD lambs, the first receiver in NFL history of three straight games of 10 catches and 150 yards. Which, <laughs> all right. That's kind of annoying. It's like, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown has 16 PPR points in each of his first 10 games this season, which has only <laughs> been done by four other people, but there were, it's Jerry Rice, Devonte and Michael Thomas in years they broke records. And then I know at some point that kind of sounds like the Lions have never lost at a waxing glibus moon or something, but mm. um, they all have been fantastic. I'm fully prepared to not actually talk about the players and just argue at why you ranked certain people where for the next <laughs> 30 minutes. Because he, here's fine. my point here. Here's my point. If you have a Monroe St. Brown and Tank Dell in your fantasy team and you talk to that person and say like, how was your fantasy season? The first person they bring up is Tank Dell. It's not going to be a Monroe St. Brown. This They're going to be like, a, wow, this is a- Tank Dell. But okay, but changed if that person, my season. If that well, this is this answers it to me right now. If that I agree with you, it's like cool. It's like found money, right? It's like you know you expect the Monroe to be good, not Tank Dell. If that person's played Tank Dell three times and it was the last three weeks, and Tank Dell in those three weeks went sixteen points, twenty five, fifteen, and then there's a Monroe who is more valuable to the team. First of all, I I don't love that you're just assuming that people only played him for three weeks. I checked, I, I, dude. I checked. You can go through the percentages. I'm. It's not an assumption. It's like you can see the numbers. But I, I'm, I, my point is that if people play, like the people who do play him, he is the most value. He, he is more valuable right now because you, it's, 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 it's the return you're getting on him. Oh, what Amon Ra was like the seventh wide receiver drafted, and now he's the fifth. It's like, yeah, he's exactly what you thought he would be. I don't know if that makes him the most valuable on your team. What was that two minutes for? I don't even know. Uh, it was for a, a 11, for 12, and 13. <laughs> it's gonna argue. I, this is better. This is gonna. Ar- we're just gonna do Tank Dell versus. This I'm just person like, well, what are we doing here? I'm gonna say Brad's good every year, and he just had another good year, and he's above Tank Dell. And Kyron let's get Williams. Into the list. Let's get into the list, and let's do this during the list. Kyron Williams is like the best player in fantasy football. He's not even on this list. The week that Tank Dell, his best game of the season, week nine, which is like late, right? Week nine, he was started in 18 percent of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, those people are, he's the MVP to those people. But in a way, then we don't disagree at all. Because if you're going with like the people who played them, who's their MVP, then yeah, of course. But I'm just saying, but like the overwhelming majority of people did not. So it's like- My my take for this is if if he's the MVP and he didn't really start doing anything until week nine, like you could be in last place and have Tank Dell. Well, it's not that he didn't start until week nine. I mean, he had a huge week two and three, but he just wasn't probably on a lot of people's roster. Look, not everyone has right. to be the MVP. It's like, what? when did Petey come through and like, you know, remember the Titans? Craig's just like, trying to give everyone participation. I just here. can't believe he's not top 13. That's all. <laughs> I, he's the waiver wire out of the year, but like that's there that's not an MVP. Anyway. We I, I quibble about that also. That's fine. All right. What's your Karen Williams was. Oh yeah, fine. Yes. No, I actually, I think Craig's argument applies to Kyron Williams much better. 
Yeah, I think Kyron was like sixth on my list, to be honest. I think that the MVP. That one's fair. But but again, he's had four good games. And but by the end of the season, he might be number one just because he might deliver you a championship. But we'll all right. Number 10, I have Adam Thielen. Start the uh, clock. Receiver for the Panthers. There were two players who was extremely wrong about this year. I think Thielen's like number one. I thought Thielen was done. And to my, he's just not, or at least not as done as I thought. I mean, most people started probably playing Thielen around week three. And since week three, Adam Thielen's the 11th best receiver in fantasy football. Like he was drafted on average 138th. And he's a top 11 receiver. receiver. 53 for for ADP, which is wild. Adam Thielen's counting numbers is essentially identical to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, take the names out and just put like the numbers in there. That's pretty crazy. I mean, he was drafted around guys like Alan Lazard, Quentin Johnston, <laughs> Sarkai. Alan Lazard's Tank, a healthy Tank scratch. Bigsby, Cole Komet. Cole Komet's actually been pretty good. The bad Tank. Tyler Higby. The name, like I like to look at the names that are around these guys in ADP in terms of like just trying to put myself back in that time when I was drafting teams. I'm like, man, how did Thielen go this low? It's pretty crazy. But I mean, he did really look really slow last year. Like it looked like he'd lost a step. Um, Heifetz, you cited this several times in the preseason. I think it was valid is like when he was on the field for the Vikings last year, their offense was like way, way worse. It was, he's like almost dragging them down. Um, But it's probably injury related, which is, you know, kind of always the thing in in football. You have to keep in mind. There are two kinds of like being wrong. There's being wrong in a way that's an acceptable part of a good process. And then there's being like wrong, wrong. Honestly, I put Thielen in the bucket of like, I can live with it because it's like the Panthers offense is 30th in passing yards. They fired their coach. The quarterback's a disaster. They're dead last in yards per throw. Like Bryce Young's a mess. And like the whole thing was Adam Thielen was on the Vikings last year. They were what? Third in points, fourth in touchdown passes, sixth in passing yards, goes to Carolina, 30th in passing yards. Fantastic. And and he's like on 50, 60% more uh, fantasy points per game than last year. I'm like, damn. All right. Yeah, it's crazy. Talk about like, he's truly the last person anybody saw coming to have a great year. Can I, I'm a, this is my last Tank Dell thing and then we'll be done. <laughs> Craig won't let this go. <laughs> so you said people probably didn't start playing Thielen until week three. From week three till now, Tank Dell has outscored Adam Thielen in one less game. <laughs> I get what you're, am I, all right, now I, DK, do you hear what I'm, I'm saying, saying? Where like, uh, we don't Adam disagree. Adam Thielen has basically, since week three, had three good games and since the, their week seven bye, he hasn't had more than 11 points. I'm being game. utilitarian in that, like, I'm trying, I am, when I say MVP, I'm measuring impact on the most people. But if you are saying, if you had played this person the whole time, there is no doubt what you're saying about Tank Dell. What I'm saying- I'm just saying, dude, people probably started Adam Thielen for the last five weeks and they've been disappointed for five straight weeks. That's, that is a fair argument, but here's the thing. I was looking at it and I originally had Adam Thielen at his honorable mention and Tank Dell in the top 10. And then I looked oh, at this my and God, I was like- what a, what a shaft. I personally would have put Amon Ra, CD, and AJ Brown over Thielen just because I think the highs have outweighed like- what Thielen has brought individually to your team. I had that too, but then it's like he went 120 picks later yeah. and so I, I flipped them. Yeah, to me, it's like Amon Ross, CD, and AJ Brown, this is what you get. I mean, this is what you pay for. I agree, DK, but like, and it, again, it, you're right, Craig, that he's fallen off, but the first like seven weeks, Thielen was like neck and neck with them and then they all kind of pulled away, but I'm like, the fact that it was even that close is kind of crazy. Anyway, that's, that, that's, that's it. Fair. That's it. I'm over. It's done now. I'm not doing the tank Dell thing anymore. No, we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> you got to pull, so, you're going to have to pull someone off. Let me know who you're going to pull off. I'm pulling off Adam Thielen. He outscored right, him since your beloved week three. <laughs> Next person I have is TJ Hawkinson tight end for the Vikings. So the Adam Thielen being wrong about Thielen this season, I can live with that. I'm like, all right, I, I don't, I wasn't going to just put my money on the aging veteran free agent on this terrible team. Hawkinson was just wrong, wrong. I, I mean, Hawkinson's the number one tight end on the year in total points. He's the number two to Kelsey in, set, in points per game. He's TJ Hawkinson only like 25 half PPR points behind a Monroe St. Brown, who obviously that's wild receiver yeah. has like a much higher floor to be a player than tight end, which is like a wasteland. So I, I and similar to a Monroe Hawkinson hasn't had like a huge 40 point week, but he's Hawkins has just been solid every single game. He's just floating your team week in and week out. But this is what we talked about last year was like when he came to the Vikings halfway through the season, he basically was Travis Kelsey. And so that's why a lot of, when we talked about him at the start of this year, we're like, look, man, I mean, yeah, I know they got like Jordan Addison and stuff, but we kind of already saw what he can do. And I, I don't know why we think he wouldn't be able to do that again. And, and he has with well, Kirk and Josh Dobbs. I think what's weird is that the reason I didn't like 
Hawkinson as much was correct, which was I thought Jordan Addison would be a really good value where he was. And Jordan Addison has seven touchdowns this season, you know, in 11 games, which is pretty great for a rookie. And I, I just thought that Hawkinson was getting that work. And so I don't know. It's weird because maybe part of it's Justin Jefferson going away has allowed Addison and Hawkinson to thrive together. And maybe it would have been different otherwise. But I, I think the other thing is crazy is Kirk Cousins getting hurt. Hawkinson's actually think been actually slightly better. Yeah, Dobbs likes to throw to tight ends. Craig pointed this out three years ago. Sometimes we panic too much when bad quarterbacks come in for fantasy. But in reality, what makes a good quarterback good is the ability to go to a third, fourth, fifth read like Herbert can. Bad quarterbacks go one read, two read, bail. And Josh Dobbs, so TJ Hawkinson's target share has like gone up 50% from Kirk to Dobbs. The quality of the targets has come down, but he's getting, yeah. he went from 20% to 30% target share. And I think that's, I mean, that, there's probably a direct correlation also with Justin Jefferson going out and that happening. Jefferson left week five right. and right around week five, yes. six is when Hawkinson tr- started to take off. Totally. So it's been a nice confluence of events. For some context, just on how good Hawkinson has been, he's 10th among all players in targets this year. He's 108 targets. Um, that's exactly what you want at the tight end position in particular because there's so many guys that are just, you know, very, like you know, average or, or just like really low ceiling type players at the tight end position. Hawkinson gives you that upside week in and week out just like based on volume alone. Um, he has 10 tight end one weeks. and In other words, he's top 12 tight end um, 10 times and no other tight end has eight. Again, so, though, should we quibble here? I mean, like he was drafted as the tight end three and he's not, and he's the tight end two right now. That part, I'm, I'm totally open to quibble on like the where they went. I, Versus what I, yeah, I think I clearly just I value ADP. I think a lot more in this ranking. No, right? no I'm fine to quibble with that. The one thing I'm not budging on is I for these rankings, I am doing the like, were they being in your roster? Like, were they playing or not? Like, I think I need a real world impact here. It's like, but I agree that if you want to bump Hawkinson out because you're like, ah, right, well, this is what you paid for. Then all right, then whatever. I get that. Yeah, I kind of I'm, I'm of two minds with that though because like he's in your lineup and he's scoring a lot of points. Like that's yeah. valuable. You <laughs> that's know what the I mean? Thing. Like. At, get down to brass tacks. Like, this guy is winning you weeks. But he's in everybody. Like, everybody who, you know, the top 70 guys, they start all year in everybody's lineup. So it's like, yeah, if you drafted him, he's been really good. To me, it's like those, those diamonds in the rough that you find, and those are the water cooler guys where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, everybody who has TJ Hawkinson started TJ Hawkinson. But it's like, oh, I found Kyron Williams this year, and he changed my team. He took me to the next level. I agree, but can I... You're right, Craig, and there is an additive value to finding something. But also, the Craig that I knew... Yeah, would have really, really valued not having to dredge through the morass and muck of the tight end streaming wasteland. <laughs> I agree. I love Hawk. I was big on him this year. All right, so we, sorry, Tom. Tom, I feel like I've been very disrespectful. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> this, next one. This is the most fired up Craig's ever been. I, think. I, I, yeah, it's true. The next one. This one. I we've Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, in the I old, like this one. This one I was also torn on because in the oldest league I'm in, fantasy football, someone cut Dak Prescott after week five. Since, since Dak Prescott's now the quarterback three on the season. He was not the quarterback three when they cut him. He's basically been like the best quarterback or top two since yeah. week six. Bill Barnwell's tweet, Dak Prescott has an 80 QB uh, Eastman's total quarterback rating since week six. Nobody else is over 68. It's out of 100. So Dak Prescott's 12 points above every other quarterback in the NFL. I, 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 it's weird because he wasn't, he was totally average, Dak was, and then just has been absolutely elite for like six weeks in yeah. a row. I think, yeah, this is, to me, the Dak thing is, you know, it, you have to talk about, like, I think MVP and league winner are not necessarily the same thing, but, like, Dak, to me, has the, has the feel of a league winner oh, because he is, if he's been in your lineup over the last six weeks, like, it's been hard for you to lose because he's scoring just an insane amount of points. Over the last six weeks, he's been the QB1, the QB3, the QB2, the QB1, the QB15, and then the QB3. So he has, like, one average week or like slightly off. And that's because they were winning by too much. Right. They killed the Panthers. So he has averaged 27. So almost 28 points per game in that stretch. 28 points per game. That's The median quarterback one. So like the top 12 quarterbacks, the median guy is averaging around 19 points in that same stretch. And so he gives you like two extra passing touchdowns, according to most standard scoring. Eight it's like if you points. taped Tyler Boyd to Sam Howell and put him in your quarterback line. It's crazy the advantage he's given you um, over the last six weeks. And obviously, you know, the last six weeks are when you're really making your run. You've kind of been able to figure out other spots in, in your lineup and all that. And um, to me, it's like, you know, MVP, maybe not 
technically because he was not very good at the beginning of the year, but like league winner, I, I kind of see him as that. Also, if you look at his, I mean, last year he led the league in interceptions and that was a point of emphasis for him this year. And this year he has six interceptions and he has the best touchdown interception ratio in the league. The other thing I want to point out real quick about him is, and this is speaks to sort of Craig's idea of like finding hidden gems. If you look around the guys that were drafted, um, if you look at the guys that were drafted around him, rather, it's guys like Deshaun Watson, Jahan Dotson, Pat Fryermuth, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, Hollywood Brown, Khalil Herbert, AJ Dillon. These are absolute just like either bad players or guys that you've dropped or roster cloggers. Like they're not useful players. And Dak is just kind of sandwiched in there. Can and I so, take that even a step further? Huge DK? amount of value. Yeah. Since week six, you mentioned DK, uh, Dak having 27 points. Per, it's actually, I think, almost 28 points per game for Dak yep, since yep. week six. The quarterback straight taken like 50 spots ahead of him. Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Since week six, they're all averaging like 18 points per game. Dak's got nine more than that. So that's on top. That's like 50% more than like Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar. I just, last. yeah. I think about like the difference between him and Lamar in particular. Lamar's just, he's been good in real life, not good in fantasy. And it's just like, just devastating for your fantasy yeah. team to like be excited about Lamar. And then he just goes out and scores like 12 points. You know, um, Dak is out here scoring 30 points and just lighting it up. So you like can't really sell high now because the trade deadline's over. But do you guys think a little bit of this is that they've played the Rams, the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Eagles in this stretch and the Chargers. But now they have Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit to close the year. I do wonder if he's going to keep this up. I kind of like that schedule, actually. I don't know. It's like a shootouts, though. I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I You got to write it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for every Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Thursday night football this week. Sorry, DK, but the Seahawks are playing the Cowboys this week, and the Cowboys are probably going to rock the Seahawks. So, brutal. I would just take all the overs, and the Cowboys' six and a half points just feels way too low. So, I think the Cowboys are going to roll, honestly. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerFantasy for your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21-plus and present in select states. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Number seven here, I have Brian Robinson Jr. running back for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Brian Robinson was drafted on average, I think it was 89th overall, 90th. He's a top five running back on the season. And all I keep thinking, I know we mentioned a lot of numbers to these other people, but with Brian Robinson, all I keep thinking about is the email we got uh, right before the year of the guy who showed up late to his draft and panicked and he was on the clock and just took <laughs> B. Robinson thinking it was B. John Robinson, but it was Brian right. Robinson and then got right. roasted by his league. And then it turns out Brian Robinson has been a much better pick than B. John Robinson. I think with running back specifically, I value health more than any other position. And it's like, because Brian Robinson in, in points per game is is outside the top 10, I think. But if you if you count just overall points, he's fifth. And same yeah. with a guy like Josh Jacobs, where it's like points per game, he's, he's, he's at fringe top 12. But I, it's like what you need at running back, man, it, if, you're, if you're paying money for these guys, you're drafting these guys, like running back is the hardest position in the world to stay healthy at. So if you can get a guy like Brian Robinson, who every week is just giving you 13, 14 points, that's why I put him on this list. Yeah, the found money at running back feels better. 
Yeah, I think that's it, it's a combination of Craig, like you said. He's just scoring points for you consistently week in and week out. Like he's he's not dragging your team down. He, I would say he has a little bit of the he he's a little bit game script dependent, but at the same time, he's been better lately because he's been catching so many passes. So he's not even really that anymore. He's just a massive, massive value um, for every team that has him. It's an interesting question, right? Like, would you rather have Kyron Williams or Brian Robinson on your team this whole season? Uh, oh, that's a good question. That's why like one guy puts up 25 be higher here. Yeah. when he plays, but he's only played seven games. Brian Robinson, however, has played every game and he's like a, a lock for 15 points a game. I think that the answer might be, I, that's actually a fair question because if you account for the fact that Kyron missing the games meant that you had a replacement, yeah. maybe the answer is Kyron. And going forward, probably too. So yeah, that's fair. Kyron was hard. And to be clear, Kyron was also hard because people were playing Kyron as soon as week two. And yet he did not make this list. I think Kyron is, we can agree, Kyron is the biggest omission from this list. All right. right, So where where should he be? I think he should be right around here. I think he should be one spot higher than Brian Robinson. So we put him at five. Okay, so I, uh, I ah, okay, maybe. <laughs> I think if we were counting Hyphens, going you can, forward, you can you can change your mind on things. It's it's okay to do so. I I can. I'm not changing my tank Dell. I've said from the jump here that Kyron Williams Fuck is tank. like that one's yeah. a better argument. Next, I have Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills. I have him sixth. Josh leads the NFL in touchdowns. Also leads the NFL in picks. And we talked this week about how IRL. There's like a weird like. People are out on Josh Allen, but they're six and six. But at the same time, is also the reason they're in all these games. Stephen Rizzo, who says Josh Allen's like a superhero in the Avengers. And guess what? When you save the city, you break a lot of buildings and cars. But for <laughs> fantasy, he's just he just saves the city. Like he's the big three quarterbacks this year were Josh Allen, Jan Hurts, and Mahomes. Mahomes is fantasy wise, real life. Like I mean, real life is fine, but falling off mm-hmm. in fantasy. And then Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen have both just totally delivered. I have Josh Allen here because he's just been slightly better. He's number one quarterback. Yeah, I like I like Allen for a number of reasons. Number one, like the advantage he has over Dak. I know Dak is a good value, but like Josh Allen has been really consistent all year round, all year long. Um, outside of week one, he had a he had a low week one. Ever since then, his lowest point total has been like fourteen points. Nine of the last eleven weeks, he scored over twenty. Um, he is just it's like printing money in fantasy. Having him in your quarterback <laughs> spot, it's like printing yeah. money. Um, I- yeah, And so, I don't know. To me, he's just like, he's not necessarily, you know, I don't know what to even say. Like, he's not necessarily like winning you your league, but he is absolutely just floating the rest of your team every week. Yeah, he raises the floor of your team unlike yes. any other player not named McCaffrey, probably Tyree Kill. The other reason I bumped Josh Allen so much was from snake drafts, pick like 20-ish to pick 40-ish was just all landmines. Like yeah. every single player there was either a miss or disappointing for long stretches. Like Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, J.K. Metcalf, Mari Cooper, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, Brees Hall. All those guys either got hurt, were bad, or were good, but then someone around them got hurt. Like you've had a roller coaster with all those guys. The only three people who delivered were Travis Etienne, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. It's just nice having him in your lineup, you know? He's like the perfect fantasy quarterback. Yeah. He's he's first in passing touchdowns, uh third in passing yards, second in among quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns and fifth in rushing yards. Like he just does it all. Yeah, and jo- Josh and Jalen Hurts like it, they are goal also they're the goal line running backs for the team. Like they're right. they're just they're everything. Also, um, he's the most fun quarterback to watch. And that sort of matters, I think, maybe. Like, he's sure. he's one of the most fun players to have in fantasy. He's one of those guys where if you have him once on your team, you fall in love with him. Yeah. And you're like, I'm never not having him on my team. <laughs> I just want to experience the Josh Allen show every week. That high. Got to feel that high. <laughs> right? you guys the have, lightning. I agree with you saying I should have had Kyron higher. Would you put him above or below Josh? Where it's like he above. obviously was like infinitely cheaper, but has played fewer times. I would I, I th- would put him slightly below Josh Allen. Kyron. I, I, I think Kyron Josh should be closer to like nine or ten on this list because it's like you drafted him first and he's been good like he has every other year. But small quibble. Next up here, I have Mike Evans received for the Bucks. Totally. Uh, what are Career your for old year? guys? This guy's been incredible. What are your for old guys? We did a whole episode in August on how old guys were like the market inefficiency in 2023. I think that was like the best analysis we've ever done in our careers. We didn't go far <laughs> enough. We I mean, back to ask first into it. Yes. The Mike Evans was the 79th player off the board 
And it turns out he should have just been a top 20, 25 pick again because he's, he's Mike Evans is three times more touchdowns this year than he did at this point last year. Mike Evans is having a better season this year than any of his years with Tom Brady. That's wild. when Tom Brady threw, led the league in passes that whole time, which is another just, reason it's so weird to think about Baker Mayfield being so efficient. He can make up for throwing two thirds of the throws. Just think about that. I mean, this guy's 31 years old, having a better year than any of his years with Tom Brady. He's a wide receiver, eight on the air, second in the league in touchdowns. And nobody, not a soul was into him this year. Nobody, nobody wanted him. I think him. everybody was scared off it. And maybe this is just my memory. You guys can back me up or not. But he's just been really volatile as a fantasy option. Like one week he'll score 50 and the next week he'll score like four. Yes. It's just like really frustrating to have. Mike Evans is a clay. He's a week 18 guy. He's a uh, has 200 yards and two touchdowns in week 18. Dude, and that he literally clouds did that last year. Line. Thanks yeah. for nothing. He had yeah. 880 <laughs> yards. He has to get a thousand yards every year. And Brady got him to 1100 in one game. And it was like, that's when the season was over. But the you're, you're so right because he, he now he's volatile again, but now it's whether he gets you 20 or 40. Because now it's so different. It's like every week I'm like, oh, there's another touchdown. Oh, yeah. Like two worst touchdowns. case with him, it's like 14 points now. I also <laughs> went down way too long of a wormhole and wasted too much time. But like, he's also just big. And like, I feel like every year we're like, oh, look at this guy. He could be big and good. And it just never is like that. And Mike Evans is actually massive and huge and bigger than every cornerback. <laughs> but in the sure. way you envision every player who's tall being, he actually is the only guy who plays that way. Big, tall he's and old. He still has a lot of juice, though, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. We, we think of him. I think we think of him like an old, slow guy, but he's old, but also has a ton of juice still. Mike Evans has a lot of, has a lot of like fight to him. You know, he's a feisty guy. <laughs> every time I see him, yeah. I'm like, they're like five and eight, and he is trying his hardest every week. Especially against the Saints. Also, Mike he Evans, as Lattimore. Craig said, he's 30 years old, career year. We're getting into a theme territory. Next up, I have Tyree Kill, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Mm. Uh, Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in yards, leads the NFL receiving yards, receiving yards per game. And Tyreek Hill leads the league or in receiving touchdowns. Tyreek Hill is 1300 yards already. Tyreek Hill only hit 1300 yards one time in Kansas city. He was there for six years. He had 1300 really? yards once Tyreek Hill wow. has 1300 this season at 11 games. And he is the best receiver in the league. He's the fastest receiver in the league. And relatedly, he is 29 years old, he will turn 30 in March. I think, like, I, I, I don't know. There's no way to quantify this. How many people have ever been the fastest player in the NFL at 29 years old? Like, I, I we talk about the old guy thing, but it's like, oh, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, all these, Adam, Th not Adam Thielen, but these are genuinely, they're peaking. And well, it's interesting too, because didn't, haven't they done like the, the fastest, like uh, people who reached the fastest speeds in game this year and they're all on the Dolphins? Raheem Mostert's one of them too. Raheem Mostert's 31 and he's still like yeah. one of the fastest guys in the league. He's coming up on this list. He, but these old people, they're not slowing down. I would think the other thing that you have to keep in mind on Tyreek Hill, it's not even just top speed. He is the most explosive player in maybe NFL. His acceleration. Like, the acceleration. Yeah. Zero, to zero to 60. 60. Yeah, yeah, he just runs past guys. They can't keep up with them. You have to completely change the way you play defense. You have to completely change the way you tackle because he's just so elusive and so explosive. Um, he is, you know, truly a unique player. Um, and by the way, he gets incredible, incredible utilization. He's averaging almost 11 targets per game, uh, 120 yards per game. His first in the NFL, um, you know, and, and obviously he's in an, he's in an offense that's very funnel pass funnel to him and like Jalen Waddle and that's about it. So this is this is like almost an ideal situation uh for Tyreek Hill and he's obviously paid off. He's the McCaffrey of wide receivers now in my opinion. He's created a new tier at the position. It, he is above Chase and AJ Brown and Diggs and Jefferson. He's averaging like 25% more points than all those guys. He's just truly now McCaffrey and him are in their own tier. What an expert segue from Craig because next up I have Christian McCaffrey running back for the 49ers who yes as a player is in his own tier. I have him third just because you probably got him first, second, third, whatever. But like, so this is a val it's like a true, you know, like ADP value yeah, question. It's here. just the people ahead of him are almost as good, but from a cheaper. But Christian McCaffrey just, I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, again, it, we almost didn't make enough, big enough deal about the touchdown in 18 straight games thing. We right. kind of just kind of joked about it when it ended. But like, I, I said this before the season, and if anything, I didn't talk about it enough. I think that the Christian McCaffrey skill set in the Kyle Shanahan offense on this specific Niners team is the best marriage of talent scheme and surrounding talent since Reddy Moss and the 2007 Patriots. And that we are going yeah. to remember the McCaffrey Niners as, as an 
all time real life and fantasy running back combination. Uh, he has played 22 games with the 49ers. He has scored 26 touchdowns in those games. It's disgusting. He's absolutely ludicrously consistent. I think that's the other part of this the conversation that I think makes him so yeah. valuable is week in and week out. It's like a, what I was talking about with Josh Allen. He's just absolutely floating the rest of your team. The rest of your team can play like crap and you might still win because you have Christian McCaffrey in your roster. Um, he's first in touches per game, first in scrimmage yards by like 300 among uh, running backs. He has an 80% snap rate, which only Saquon Barkley has more, um, and a 19.5 target rate. So he's like not only one of the most heavily utilized runners, he's one of the most heavily utilized pass catchers in the NFL in terms of running backs. It's just like, again, it's like printing money every week, week in and week out. He's just scoring touchdowns or going over 100 yards. It's incredible. Yeah, it's the closest thing we, we've seen to like LaDainian Tomlinson in terms of like usage, fit, versatility, the feeling of inevitability that he's no matter what going to score. He he didn't have a touchdown in one game this year. And in that game, he had 142 yards of total offense. So it's like, it doesn't yeah. matter. He's either scoring or putting up 150 or both every single week. Sorry to disrespect Tom Tom, but the other thing we don't talk about with McCaffrey is, and maybe the highest compliment is his record. Like all these other running backs, we just talk, start at the beginning of the show with Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, whatever you put him in. It's like McCaffrey came in right when Brock Purdy became the starter. And Brock Purdy got the credit for having lost no games. <laughs> Let me pull right. right now. Do you know what the Niners record is with McCaffrey versus when he's out? They've lost like twice. How many? Well, he hasn't missed any games, has he? Or are you just Three saying times, before four him? times? I had it in front of me. I lost it. But it's like the game, the one, a couple of the games, he like the Browns game, they lost. He, he also is undefeated, except it. The Browns game, he got hurt and he left. They lost that one. So I, I, they basically have two losses. They just had three losses in McCaffrey's entire tenure. And he was hurt for two of them. Like he was banged up and he played. <laughs> but I... It's wild. It's unbelievable. Keenan Allen, number two, fantasy MVP. Keenan Allen receiver for the Chargers. King of the olds, 31 years young. Leads the NFL with 97 catches. And again, I, the theme is unbelievable. This is the best season of Keenan Allen's career. He is one touchdown off his career high. It's been 12 weeks of the season. He's one touchdown away from tying his career high. He's one or two games from having the second highest yardage total of his career. It's week 11. He's going to have 12 games and he's going to have the second highest yardage total of his career. Best His best fantasy finish ever. It'll almost definitely be, uh, you know, unless he gets hurt. And he's been, he's had a shaved head for eight years. He could have been balding at 22. We would have never known. <laughs> like, I, I was like, what? Uh, he has like, an oh, incredibly massive beard, though. He makes up for it. Well, that's what happens, right? You lose the hair up top, you mm -hmm. get it down below. Yeah, Did you yeah. see the video where they flip Brian Dable's hair to upside down and <laughs> right. it works yes. perfectly? Like, it's, no, it's, it's fine. The, um, we're onto something here, right? Like, with the, all these players are 29, 30, 31 having the best years of their career. The only thing I can think about during this whole thing is just like the biggest strategic advantage you can have in dynasty is like not being afraid to draft and, and trade for old players. Like, cause these guys are, cause no one in dynasty wants these old players. You know what I mean? They're like so cheap. And these are the top, these are the most valuable players of the fantasy season. They're all like 29 years old. Um, that's just a lesson. I'm going to take that to the bank. Craig is so lucky that he's 29 and I'm 28, I'm almost 29. And that right when we were about to hit 30, we're like, you know what? 30s, it really is the new 20. But I, I'm proof. like, I, I am limber right now. I feel great. I, I could run a sub 540 <laughs> and I'm almost 30. Absolutely could. Meant to, I, sorry, I think it was, Keenan was going like, what, 40, 45th this season, number two receiver. Could have been a first round pick. I, I <laughs> we really do need a metric system for age. Keenan Allen's not 31, he's 2011. The other thing that's like nice about Keenan Allen, which has not always been the case with him, and I think one of the reasons people still have an, a bias against him is he's played in every game this year. He's played in all yeah. 11 games. He's been really consistent. His lowest point total all season was seven and a half points in, PP, in half PBR. Um, he has four games over 20, two games over 30. So he's not only just like raising the, the floor with what we'd like expect for a guy like Keenan Allen. I think people think, oh, he's always hurt um, when they think about <laughs> his name. But he's not. He's like and Travis he's, Kelsey. Yeah. Keenan Allen's like Travis Kelsey, where he was not a first-round pick. He wasn't super famous coming to the league. And then he had some injury issues early and they defined him. But like, I know I jinxed Travis Kelsey by saying he hadn't missed a game injury in 10 years because he had injuries early. Keenan Allen, I believe he had a lacerated kidney in 2015. 
and he missed half a season. Then he like tore his ACL or maybe I might've had that backward, but he had, he played nine games over two year stretch. He hasn't, he's missed two games. What? Eight games in the last eight years. Have you and seen I his believe. shoulder, by the way? Have you seen his shoulder? Oh yeah. With the bone just sticking <laughs> out. Oh yeah. Apparently Anthony Richardson had a similar injury, but they just, they had to fix it. Keenan Allen doesn't have to throw, but like that. Right. Yeah. It just right. looks. And I, I believe just like Travis Kelsey, I think Keenan Allen's dating Dua Lipa. I'm pretty sure. So What? Really? No. No. Stop. No. You don't think you would have known that? <laughs> Come on. Heifetz. She would never Imagine date. if I would have said Dolly Parton. Heifetz would have freaked. <laughs> wow. That'd be, it, They're it, about the same age, right? Yeah. That would be, I, per, like, to scale, I feel like <laughs> Dolly Parton or Dua Lipa would actually put the Chargers on the map just as much as, like, I. you know what I mean? This is really the year of the olds. This is the last five years. Old pe- presidents, CEOs, musicians, <laughs> athletes. Everyone's old. Did you see Derek Thompson retweeted something today that, from a professor at some college that like got an email? He's like, I'll never get over this email from my student. Oh, and the student it was wrote incredible. In, the student emailed, hey, professor, whatever the name was. Uh, I just was wondering what your policy was in citing research from the 1900s. Um, the the late this, 1900s, the, the late 1990s. I, uh, <laughs> I I found this paper that I thought was really relevant, but it's from 1994. Do you have like a cutoff date for what is acceptable? Jeez. The, the comment on the tweet was like, "I will never get over this." <laughs> the late 1900s. That's our new thing. Uh, we all have players from the the late 1900s. That's. I mean, if you're born in the 1900s, you're. A great I have thought about fantasy. that. That like my grandchildren are going to be like, oh my god, grandpa was born in the 1900s, dude. They're going to like your great grandfather was 1895, and you're like, damn, uh, 1995. Yeah. What a freaking damn. They had to drive cars with his feet. It's crazy. Anyway, number one, talk about king of the olds, Raheem Mostert, running yeah. back, Miami Dolphins. I think. Do we the- all have him number one? DK was he your number one? I did mine in tiers, um, so I didn't really specifically rank them. I was, basically but he was like- in your top tier. Yes, he yeah. was. He was in the tier of guys that you drafted late that have been absolutely ludicrously valuable to your team. Yeah, because yeah. relative to the where you got him, he it's it's hard to beat where how much value he's brought. Raheem Mostert's the number one running back. Uh, sorry, he's the number one fantasy MVP this year. He's the MVP. He's the number two running back on the year. Christian McCaffrey's better. Christian McCaffrey's like fifty more points than Raheem Mostert, and while McCaffrey's fifty more points. He was going 100 or 150 picks before Mostert. And that's it. And again, I, the reason I had all the Tank Dell stuff is I started with, when did people actually start playing Mostert? And the answer was basically immediately. Like and all one? of his great performances happened when people were playing him. Like he had a decent week one. People put him in their lineups. And then he just exploded. I know he hasn't had all these crazy games. Really just McCaffrey has had like a bunch of absurd stuff. Every running back's had ebbs and flows. Travis Etienne has had ebbs and flows. Brian Robinson had ebbs and flows. Like, But Mostert, the highs have been as high as any player. You got him probably with a, a tenth pick, a 14, a 15, something. You got him. And he's just, he's also a likable guy. And again, the second oldest running back in the NFL. That's wild, actually. He's 31. And he's played every game, unlike his teammate, Devon H. Chan, who's 10 years younger than him. <laughs> I, 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 it's, Youth it's, is wasted on the young, Craig. The real MVP, man, is the McDaniels Shanahan schemes, running backs. We need a new classification in fantasy football for guys on, on these coaches' teams. They're like electrical conductors for running backs. We should put, in all seriousness, we should have a badge on next year's draft guide that's like a shit hand. We should have the outline of Yeah, but this Mike used to be Kyle. a bad thing, remember? This used to be like, oh God, we don't never know who's going to even score points. In, well, in and then they game. got McCaffrey and it was like, all right. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the babysitter. So it's like, yeah. I mean, also, I, I, who was the fantasy MVP last year? C- can you remember off the top of your head, anybody? I can't. Justin Jefferson? I'm just trying to think like how unlikely of, a, of an MVP Raheem Mostert is in, in the context of you know the last five years so, of fantasy. I do want to say that there's Very like unlikely. MVPs yeah. right? and league winners. And at, like, right at this point, we can't say a league winner. Like uh, a league winner, MV, like realistically, the MVP is a person who won you the championship. But Jared also, McKinnon was a league winner last year, wouldn't you yeah, say? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's some guys come on late. Like last year, there was um, who was it? Cam was Akers. It Justin? Yeah, Cam Akers, who just yeah from December on, they just pick them up on your play. They get you to the playoffs and they get you all the way through. Maybe they're not quite an MVP. Last year it was Travis Kelsey because Kelsey, like the gap between again Kelsey number one and Hawkinson number two, was like same as the gap between 
Hawkinson at two in tight end and Mike Kosicki at 22. And if you had Kelsey, you basically like a 40% chance of getting the, like you drafted Kelsey in the second round, you four extra chances of making the playoffs just with that pick. It almost didn't matter what you did. And this year, that's like Raheem Mostert. Like literally, if you just have Raheem Mostert on your team, you were like six times more likely to make the playoffs as of this moment. That's based on math. I didn't just make that up. 15 touchdowns leads the league. Unbelievable. So shout out Raheem Mostert. And yeah, I, I, I know we just talked about this for quite a while, but just to go through this list, Mostert, oldest running back in or second oldest running back in the NFL, 31. Keenan Allen is 31. He's number two. Tyree Kill is 29. We'll be 30 next year. Mike Evans will be 31 next year. Uh, we also have Adam Thielen here at, I don't know, 70, whatever he is. Is there, a, were we actually, and also, I didn't put Alvin Kamara on this list. And I was going to say, that's the one, one glaring the name that I would have added here. Yeah, Kamara. Yeah. He, with all the Saints receivers out, he's a guy that when you, you, we do this at the end of the year, might just be like top five if he just keeps getting all the catches. Uh, I don't, I really think there is something about olds and youngs and no one in between. I don't know. It's newly bred, no. soon to be dead yeah. and newly bred. No middle class. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take this into next year though. I'm going to, I'm going to pocket this old guy thing and remember it heading into next season. The hard thing is, is I know I'm going to look at Keenan Allen next year. I'm going to go. Yeah, but he's too old now. Uh, right. Yeah. 32. That's always the problem. It's always the problem you, you run into. It's like, Oh, don't want to be caught holding the bag. Is is being caught holding the bag really that big of a deal? <laughs> just hold the it. bag. We're just, just that's don't think about it. Just hold the is bag. That a, is that's that just, a bank robbing? An, a, I don't an actually know what that expression. Actually, yeah, you're right, from. Craig. It probably is. Like you don't want to be the guy who actually holds the money when you escape. <laughs> you don't want to be caught red-handed. <laughs> yeah, it's the guy stuck with the stolen goods. Okay, but yeah, it's like I think there's this fear that you're like, oh, you know, we're, this is finally going to be the year that they fall. Sell off. high, like, get out early. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'd be right. Yeah, if yeah. you take Derrick Henry and his badge, you're not going to get paint splattered in your eyes and get arrested. Like it's fine. It's just an added variable because in your mind you're like, look, Keenan Allen, he could be too old and he could fall off a cliff. If I draft Brandon Ayuk or if I draft Amonra St. Brown, at least I'm removing the age variable from the the possibilities of why he could he could underperform. We'll have a lot of off season to talk about this, but there's something here. Check back in in July. We'll be talking about this again in July. So just don't turn that dial. Well, honestly, my real take is that everyone's going to be on this and that it'll go away and we should just draft young people again next year. Oh, yeah, we'll get zagged. Craig's just going to... The only thing Craig's going to be thinking about during the offseason is Tank Dell and how young he is and how exciting he is and how out of nowhere he came. And then now we're going to try and find the next Tank Dell. Yeah, Craig, where would you put Tank Dell on this list now that we've done the list? And we're adding Kyron Williams in the, like, we'll call him seventh. Um, I think Tank Dell should be 10th above Adam Thielen. Well, that would still be 11th because we added Kyron Williams. I would put him ahead of Hawkinson as well. All right. Got him on the record. All right. (laughs) Emails. uh, Email from Clay. 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 So the celebrity run-ins. Clay went to high school in Brooklyn. Clay writes, when I was in 10th grade, my friend and I were walking to the subway. It was six in the morning. We were hungry as shit. We saw a movie trailer that was set up. Movie trailer has a shit ton of scones and fruit and muffins and bacon and eggs, all the usual breakfast stuff. So me and my friend, being the menaces that we were, decided that since it was empty, we're just going to roll up to this table and open our backpacks and shove in all the food that we could fit and eat on the subway. And in retrospect, kind of nasty to have loose eggs in my backpack, but whatever, I was in 10th grade. Anyways. Oh, they were loose eggs into his backpack? Well, I don't know if he meant loose eggs. Scrambled eggs? Scrambled. Rolling around with the pencil (laughs) shavings at the bottom of his bag? Yikes. So, so they're, they're shoving the uh, breakfast in their backpacks from this table. As we're almost done, one of the doors in the trailer swings open. And the guy that pops out is Robert De Niro. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Robert De Niro looks us up and down and says, what are you boys doing? <laughs> Another great old actor still pumping. The Keenan yeah. Allen of actors. We, just, we just stood there in shock. De Niro walks up to us, looks us up and down, looks down towards the food. And De Niro goes, yeah, they put out too much food anyways. Then he throws us an apple and says, you guys look like you need some fruit. <laughs> Classic. Hell yeah. I don't De know why, but I feel like De Niro is one of the good ones. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you hear his speech at the Gotham Awards? I, he's hilarious. Having said that, I the memes one of the best memes this year was the De Niro and Pacino when they were both were like eighty and having a kid and it was like with Succession it was like the two disgusting brothers they both have like eight kids 
<laughs> Still cranking him out. Mick Jagger just had a kid. He's like 80 something. Oh my God. I think about how old I'm going to be when Calvin's like getting his driver's license and stuff. I don't like to think about it because it's like wild, but like, can you imagine if you're going to be like in your 90s when your kid is getting a driver's license? Craig, you laughed at me and Dolly Parton, but she's 77. Right. She's sure. Spring chicken. (laughs) All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Jack Tucker, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, LMFAO. Wow. Fuck yeah. Know the killers for the... Party Rock Christmas Anthem. I, I feel like I did the killers just recently. That's true. They're an they're uncle-nephew combo, right? Uncle-nephew. Red really? Foo is one of their names, yeah. and the other one's name I can't remember, but one is Red Foo. I did not know that. Fun fact about LMFAO, or, or I guess funny anecdote uh, around them. So in high school, you know, we used Facebook a lot, and... My my friend Chris, who was the best man at my wedding, who you guys now know, I posted something about Shouts. like Saturday night or like what's going on Saturday night or something like that. And somebody commented like, oh, are you going to this party? Whatever, whatever. This 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 guy, random guy commented, is Chris Barlow and the Party Rock crew going to be there? And that is something <laughs> that we had never called our, our ourselves. Like it is, That was not a name. We uh, we don't know why he said that, and from that day on, we always referred to ourselves as <laughs> as the Party Rock Crew, and th- then oh, that, and if that song we so that song always like meant a lot to us because we became the Party Rock Crew. <laughs> oh, that's really I still good. to this day don't know why he said that. That random person. <laughs> well, I, I talked about you guys as the Party Rock Crew. You know. Yeah, like, meeting up with the Party Rock Crew later. Um, Was, that's fucking is party is Party Rock a term that was a, like has that always been around that phrase Party Rock. Or did they make that, that up? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I feel like it was after that song came out, people started saying it like that. It sounds like something that like ChatGPT would name a song. Like, Party Rock! I know. It's like a real algorithmic no-brainer there. It's- the Party Rock anthem reminds me of, like, the thing that I visualize as being on, like, a party bus. You know, like, going yeah. between bars. <laughs> like, that was their plan. That, they nailed that's it. That's like the home... That's the home base of that song is like you're on a mini bus with like a stripper pole in the middle of it. And like I think rope lights. <laughs> you could make the case that LMFEO is like the the worst thing that's ever happened to music. <laughs> Craig's coming in hot with these takes. I love it. I mean, um, I don't know. It's just like their music is so unartistic. And ridiculous. Their <laughs> name is fucking you, LMFAO. Their songs are called Party Rock and then Sexy and I Know It. Sorry for Party Rocking. They have a song that's just called Shots. Sorry they just for yell Party shots. Rocking. They have a song called I'm in Miami, Bitch is the name of the song. Oh my God. I love uh, <laughs> they have a song named Shots. <laughs> like, like if you could take like your 80 year old grandfather, like who is the last band you would want to show them to prove that we have the best music in our generation? The new, new generation is fine. The kids are all right. It might but... be LMFAO. Like who's, who's <laughs> below them? Right. Um, It's funny because like they're, are, they're not satire, are they? Or are I don't they believe so. You <laughs> have to ask though. <laughs> they're kind I think of they're earnest. With that said, I have, I like them and I I've had very fond memories playing their music growing up. But like, right, man, yo, hold on, it's the, sorry for the party per- rocking. One of the guys is named <laughs> Goon Rock. <laughs> what Goon is it? Rock is his name. Sure, sure. Party Rock Anthem is with LMFAO, but then the song was with someone named Goon Rock on Party Rock. I'm not familiar Dude. with their work. Um, I don't, Craig, that's one of the best takes you've ever had. That's true. It's like the, I'm more ashamed of LMFAO than I don't anything. know who's below them. Also, they're I definitely really like know. once they got big enough that they could have the song. They're like, what if we just? Oh man, who should we get? They're like, oh, what if we just had a little John say shots like 130? Yeah. Times? <laughs> just yell shot, shots shot, for 80 percent of the song. Shot, shot, Great song. Also, dude, <laughs> wait. We were talking about what's the easiest money anyone's ever made, and we had Vin Diesel doing "I Am Groot." hundred times little john yelling little shots? john showing up and saying shots shots shot and doing it like twice and he's gonna be yelling that's gonna be a little bit harder on your vocal cords and just saying he needs to have he needs to have rhythm he also has to perform it over and over and over at concerts vin diesel just like one session <laughs> yeah they don't even need to bring him in more than once <laughs> he could have done do it from it? his house yeah. technically <laughs> just mail it in use a fucking zoom recorder <laughs> 
Send it online. It's very easy. I could show them how to do it. I bet I could do it. I will volunteer if anyone's listening. I will be the next Groot and I'll do it for like a quarter shot, of what Vincent shot, does. Shot, yeah. shot, 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 I'm in Miami, bitch. I do have a lot Grandpa. of very good memories to LMFAO, though. I will say I'm with you, Craig. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Defined, you know, part of what the music musical generation that defined my my friend group. Those but. memories are like the plastic liquor bottle version of a memory, though. You know what I mean? I it's all I just like if their name was something like if they were just called like I don't know even like the chain smokers like that's a name these guys Ruffle? are called LMFAO LMFAO <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally LMFAOing uh, alright goodbye everyone Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.